Alright, welcome to Mill Knows Everything About Hockey, episode 4, 3, 4, 3. 3 this season. 3 of the season, 4 overall. Look at me, I clearly don't know anything about hockey or my own podcast. I'm your host, Mill. With me, as always, is my co-host, Steve. Hi. And it's kind of a dead period in the NHL right now, considering it's like all the cool off-season stuff's already happened, and not much news on... Justin Williams announced he's quote-unquote taking a break, so maybe retiring. It's a, I, I like the phrasing of just, uh, I don't really know yet, but I don't want to make like a, a drastic decision yet that you yeah. might regret. Yeah, that's, that's probably better than looking stupid about like retiring and unretiring a bunch. Um, and then also, um, kind of unrelated to the actual game, but the Kings announced a throwback like special game jersey which is a white version of their 90s Gretzky era jersey which is really sick and kind of something I touched on last episode about teams wearing whites at home for for thirds so that's pretty cool even though the Kings are still going to probably be kind of boring to watch this year yes, it gives me an incentive to to go out of my way to watch LA probably something I'll want to purchase as well absolutely so with that being said um something that did come out are there's seven rule changes or new rules for this upcoming 2019-20 season and I wanted to go through the list of the seven and talk about if we agree or disagree and why we think that those rules are important to include Um, because every year there's at least something minor but overall over the course of five ten years they kind of stack up and do really change the dynamic of the game so um, we're going to go through those uh, seven rules and like I said, if you guys, we always say contact us to let us know what you think. So um, I'm sure that there's a couple here that people are going to really be weighing in on. So first one I want to talk about is the expanded video review. So video review has been in the league now for a little bit. It's still kind of new. But something that they are going to allow are coaches can challenge pucks uh, hitting the net. They can challenge high sticks, hand passes, things like that. Um, those are typically things that you couldn't challenge before, but oftentimes when you look at the video review, it was clear that, oh, this was or wasn't a high stick, etc. And um, the, the way they're going to handle that is if you challenge it and you're proven wrong, you're still going to get a minor, minor penalty. But if you do it a second time, you're going to get double minor, so you're going to get four minutes. So I, I think that's fair because you can kind of you know, weigh that and say, okay, or is it really worth challenging this? Does it still uh, cost you a timeout? I don't believe it costs you a timeout. Um, I'm looking, I was looking this up and taking notes. I don't have it in my notes, but I believe it's it's more or less going to be handled with penalties. I agree with that. I wouldn't have it just cost the timeout. I think this causes less hesitation to review stuff, and you obviously want to get it right. True. So I totally agree with this one. Yeah, what I like about that is they're not going to be challenging it unless the stakes are high, if it's like the second, like, you know, double minor or whatever. Um, something that comes to mind here for me in particular, because there's tons of, you know, it was or wasn't a high stick. Obviously, there's tons of mishand passes, especially back in the day. But there was a game a few years back, and I think the Wings were playing LA. I know what you're talking about, yeah. And, and the puck, like, clearly hit the net and came down and it should have been considered out of play and they should have took, taken a face off and counted as a goal and then they, yeah, and they ended up letting it go and then they scored on that possession and it's like 
that's kind of a, a, a big thing to miss. Right. So now if that were the case, and I, I believe Detroit scored. I can't remember. I just remember it was Detroit playing L.A. And whoever would have scored now, the other team could challenge that. They look at it, clearly hits the net, and then they would get um, the goal reversed. However, if they looked at it and it didn't hit the net, they would get a minor. Um, if it was the second wrong challenge of the game, then they'd get four minutes. So I think it's a pretty clear thing, and it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I agree uh, with the first two points we're talking about. This will segue to our second point. But uh, I totally agree with them prioritizing just getting it right and uh, finding some sort of consistency. Compared to, for example, for all the soccer fans out there, we're all pretty upset with VAR. Your team will get screwed by it if you haven't yet. And um, I think North America right now is the one thing that we actually get right is a lot of video reviews and challenging calls and, and the like. So if you look at the NHL right now, it looks like they're taking a step in the right direction. And I also believe that, uh, like I said, there's just going to be a level of consistency being reached. Well, yeah, and like if you think about it, in the short time that review has been going on in professional sports, it does eat up some time. It can get out of hand and ridiculous. But honestly, like... There are so many huge moments in sports that would have been reversed with replay. Of course. Um, however, you know, however you side on you like it or not, I think that this is a good way to handle it. Um, but you know, it's it's gonna we're gonna have to see it play out because it's gonna be now. There there might be some plays where coaches are afraid to get it wrong again and, and take that double minor, and they might just eat the bad penalty because they can't look at it. But as a fan, you know, you can always look. They always are playing the, the video review. So it's it's a weird subject. Yeah, and I'm surprised that the league is uh, not just with these video reviews, but this many rule changes are coming, like, just in any off season. Yeah. This would look like something that they would do in, like, a lockout year. Right. Well, a couple of them, we're, we're going to touch on the next, because there's six more. A couple of them are kind of things that I think are bigger things, but the, there's some that I, I believe are pretty minor. Not insignificant, but they're not, like, things that are going to change the flow of the game. But the next thing, we we all know why this one happened, but the next one is going to be ref reviews. So, from now on, referees must review every major penalty that gets called. Um, the thing here is they can't reverse the penalty, so if they call a five-minute major... They can't say they can't review it and say there's no penalty at all. But if they they review it and it doesn't seem to be a major penalty, they can knock it down to a minor. But anytime a five minute major is called, now it's going to get a ref review. Now this is pretty clear that this is happening because of the uh, five minute major in the San Jose Vegas series in Game Seven. I don't think anybody, you know, thinks otherwise. If you are looking at the rule book and you watch this game, it's like. That was clearly a bad call as far as a major. However, I will go on record saying that in in the defense of the game being decided on it, you can't give up that many goals on any major, warranted or not. If you, if you go and drive a guy's head into the ice and you get a five-minute major or two, five, and ten or any, any extreme type of penalty... I don't care how many minutes you have a guy sitting for. You cannot give up those, those you know. I mean, like, look at that game. It's ridiculous. 
So I, I just want to get that out there that while I do think that there wasn't a major and this is the right way to handle this as far as like being able to review if it should be a five minute major or not, you can't use it being a bad call as an excuse. If it was one goal, I would get it or maybe even two. Yeah, and the, the biggest difference between a major and a minor besides the obvious added time is that if that play when Pavelski went down, if it was just a, a minor penalty, the Sharks score one, and the penalty's over. Like the power play is over, yeah. so so it doesn't carry over. Exactly. Like that's so. that. But that's what I'm saying is like if you if you give up, you know, a five minute. If you take a five minute major, even if it's warranted, though, you still have to be able to kill off most of it. Now, I do want to go on record saying that it, there is a weird catch with this rule. It says that they have to make sure that it's not friendly fire, but they still can't take away the penalty completely. I think that that's more or less to cover their own asses. Right, like if the fans are booing... Because, like, you can't... They overturn it. The game is so fast, especially at ice level. And if you've never been to an NHL game, and I'm not talking about a hockey game, I mean an NHL hockey game, because the speed above any other league is, is, is immensely... Fast. I mean, it's like ECHL, AHL, whatever, but like NHL's game speed is ridiculous. And especially if you've ever sat down by the glass or been on, you know, I mean, I guess been on the ice if you played, but like if you've ever been down there, watch the game, it's much faster than it is upstairs or on TV. And those refs do have a hard job. So it's like, to me, I think it's kind of weird. They have to cover their own ass so they can't say, oh, I was wrong. It's not a penalty at all. But then again, if it is friendly fire, they're still going to be like, oh, it's a two-minute minor. So I feel like there's a kind of a little bit of a blurred line there. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's friendly fire, but I'm not going to admit it. We're just going to kind of say it's not a major. I think that this rule is going to have to get worked out over a couple of years. But I do think it's good that they review majors in general. And, and I don't think that many majors get called that aren't penalties. Right. It's more of just common sense. Because like usually if a guy's skating with his head down in the middle of his ice, uh, the middle of the ice, and one of his teammates tries to take a run at somebody, it's a huge, you know, like it's open ice, and you can tell that it's friendly fire. It's not a huge deal. It's like oh, that's just some idiot. I keep making the comparison to VAR, uh-huh. and well, I was just talking shit about it like a couple minutes ago, but I think with a lot of these protocols now, where stuff has to be reviewed, or they're trying to be more extensive with what can be reviewed. Maybe the NHL should explore the option of having just a designated video referee. Yeah, and I mean, like, I think that that is going to become more of a, a common thing with, like, not just going to Toronto or, like, you know, baseball going to New York. New York. It's going to be like, okay, we have these guys on the ice. We have our linesmen, you know, and we have um, this guy in the booth, and we have this guy in the booth com- communicating with the guys on the ice, and we have this guy straight watching a video. I think it's going to come to that. You have to get it right. Now, it's a hard job, but you have to get it right. Granted, I still think that while it could, you could say, oh, it's momentum and it was deflating. I still think that Vegas, I, I, and I know I'm dwelling on this game, because this, but to me, this is why this rule was made. I still think Vegas had a chance to come out of that game alive. I mean, clearly they tied it again, but like they, that's on them. Like they gave up you know, the goals over that course. So it's like, I get, I get your point of it was, it would be a lot different if it was a minor and they score and the pen and the power play goes away. But it, it's like, even if it was warranted, you have to be able to get out of it alive. 
So that's just me, though. I mean, that's just my opinion. There's going to be people who are either Vegas fans or just people who ride for Vegas. A lot of people kind of jumped on that, and that's fine. Who Or people just who don't like the Sharks who are going to be like, no, you're wrong. But it's like, no, you know what? I love Marc-Andre Fleury. Even though I'm not a Vegas fan, I do. I'm a big Marc-Andre Fleury fan. But their defense is not that good. And they blew it, and he didn't, you know, wasn't able to stop. It's it's not just him. It's the defense is just not that good. They really, their power it's, is going to be in the lines. It's gotten worse. Top, you know. But, we, uh, we'll get to that when we... Yeah, so sorry, I'm kind of going off on a tangent. But I guess what I'm saying is it's still kind of a blurry rule, but I think it's going in the right direction. Overall, though, everything we've talked about as far as what they're changing completely makes sense. Um. So next thing, which is I, I actually think this one's really cool except for like it could put your team in a bad position but there's a new face-off rule where the offensive team gets to choose which side the face-off takes place after icing or before a power play so this doesn't seem like a huge deal but this is kind of unique because now teams can really strategize you know obviously on the power play or after icing hopefully if you have the guys out there you know you can change whatever you got a guy who's going to win the face-off and you're in the offensive zone. Now you can say, okay, well, you know, our our guy who's got a shot from the point plays on this side, so we're going to go over here and we're going to work this play out. And it really adds a really deep dimension to the offensive part of the game. You're going to see a lot of coaches who are matchy-matchy just be matchy-matchier. Yeah, well, and on, the, terms. and on the opposite side of that, you can kind of work this against the other team saying, well, this is their weak side or this goalie's side or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, I think uh, you're going to really start seeing it on the power play, especially whoever has the shot. You're yeah. going to see a lot more chances created off of the draw. No, I agree. This is kind of that chess aspect that hockey has, especially with things like last change and blah, 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 blah. Well, that too with last change. Uh, well, I mean, you're going to get last change or if it's before a faceoff. Well, it's it's after icing our power play, so a team that's in the offensive zone is going to be able to change. And you're getting your power play unit out there anyway, so I guess you're going to be able doesn't... to strategize against who's out there against you usually. Yeah, so I don't know if last change takes into it that much because of the icing rule and it just depends. And you're putting your power play unit out there anyway, but it's still a matchup thing. I think you're going to see different combinations though, of. Who has the shot? Who's taking the draw? Well, right, and it's kind of like teams who on the power play, you know, they put a forward out there on the point and whatever. Probably start seeing it more now. Possibly. Okay, so I like that. Um, I don't think there's much more to talk about there, but we can talk about the next one kind of plays into it as well. It's a line change rule. So um, the defense can no longer change when the goalie freezes the puck or dislodges the net. So this is interesting. So if the goalie freezes the puck, or dislodges the net, you can't change. You have to stay out there. Now, dislodging the net is, like, one thing, but this is a big deal for freezing the puck. Yeah, I, I actually, um, we I was skimming over this before we started recording, and I did not really notice that. That's actually a very big deal because the majority of the stoppage of play is off, you know, off of a save, at least in that zone. So what, what, what it's saying here is that despite the net coming unlodged or a freeze... Um, so if it goes out of play, you can change. If it's a high stick, you can change, etc. Well, offsides, you can change. What it's what it's saying here is like, you can't change when they freeze or dislodge the net. So what that means is, 
you have to kind of make a decision. Now, dislodging the net on purpose doesn't, it happens, but not super often. Freezing the puck on purpose happens all the time. And what this means is teams are going to have to play tired because nobody wants to say we're going to just let rebounds fly so we can change if we get it out. So you have to take the gamble. You're going to say, am I going to be able to clear the puck, not take an icing, just clear it out of the zone and change? Or are we going to freeze the puck and just have to fight through this draw? Because I don't. I think that the league wants them to do this to create more offense because either a tired team or a second chance opportunity is going to happen. Yeah, I was going to say this just this reeks of... And that's why increasing I said scoring kind of goes along with the faceoff thing. Is this is trying to bring more offense into the yeah, league? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm for it because while I think that I like a good tight defensive game and, and you know goalie, I love goalies and all that kind of stuff. This isn't something I want to talk about too much in this podcast. But we've been talking about the NHL needing to be marketed better in general, and I think. Um, the, the fact that it's the fastest game, it's the most intense game, if we can kind of bring more scoring into it and more skill, that it's been growing in that direction, it's going to be really good for the league. Purists and old school fans aren't going to say that, but I mean, look, it's like a lot of times it's hard to get a new fan into a game when it's like 2 nothing or 2-1 or whatever. I think that a lot of teams' power play numbers are going to go up now after this. Well, yeah, I mean, that's... You know, teams like Tampa Bay are going to go off. Um, I mean, even Chicago's power play last year, um, teams, like, this is going to give, this is going to give teams like Chicago who were scoring but not stopping a lot of goals, this is going to give them an opportunity to really tally on some extra goals. Yeah, and it also makes me uh, worried about teams who aren't exactly savvy with puck possession because they're going to pay because of this rule. That's true, too. Um... So another, the next rule, if we're good with that one, yeah. it kind of also plays into all of this, is an out-of-bounds rule. So if the puck does go out of play, the face-off will still take place in the offensive zone. So this is kind of another thing to go along with keeping the scoring up. It's like if you put the puck out of play, for the, an example given in the rules, is like if you take a shot on net and the puck ricochets out of play, they're not going to make you take the face off outside the offensive zone. You're still going to be in the zone. And that kind of, you know, goes back to saying, like, while a team, I don't believe they'll be able to pick which side they take the face off there because it's not an icing or before a power play, like that rule change, it still is another way to where it's like, well, if it goes out of play, we're not going to let you pick what side, but we'll put you in the zone. So it's just kind of another way to allow them to try to keep the scoring numbers up or get them higher. I mean, it makes sense. Wherever the puck goes out of play, that's where the faceoff's going to be. It makes it a little bit more simplified. I, I agree with that. Like, it is kind of stupid that they're going to be like, we're gonna, you know, you took a shot on net and the goalie, you know, he raised his, his arm and it went off his pad and it went out of play or something like that or off the crossbar and out of play. But, like, I think the motive is still offense. Oh, yeah, because the more face-offs in the zone, that's going to turn into at least in some sort of increased percentage of, of goals scored. Yeah, so, I mean, again, and these three rules, these middle three rules we're talking about, the, uh, the, the third, fourth, and fifth ones, they really kind of just are kind of showing that the league is making an attempt with the rules to move into more of an offensive direction. Um, and I think that that makes a lot of sense to get new fans into it, but also with the group of talent you have, 
Um, it's, it's really, they're wanting to eliminate the whole, like, brooding, tough guy image, at least in the actual game where it's like, you know, people, there's a lot of people who love, like, oh, hockey fights, and this guy's tough, and that's my guy, and whatever, but at the end of the day, that's not how you get people interested in your sport, like, they might come and think that, and that's, like, kind of a weird way to look at it, but then when you get into it, it's like, oh, I want to watch this guy go down a breakaway, and I want to watch this guy go five-hole, and this guy go up top, and guys who can, you know, deke and have hands, and score goals, and pass, and the whole skill aspect is important, so, with that being said, I think that something, and we're gonna, this is going to kind of be my segue into the next rule change, I think something that they're really trying to eliminate, along with, like, the reason that they don't have a lot of, like, fighting and stuff like that, and they're leaning towards the scoring and skill is a safety thing. Um, safety, especially after guys retire, you know, concussions, injuries in general, it's been really bad, and we're learning more and more about concussions in general, you know, in, in 2019 than we ever have. So the next rule that they're changing are, it's about helmets and players are now required if their helmet comes off during play while they're on the ice, they're required to attempt to retrieve the helmet and, and go retrieve it or leave the ice immediately and head to the bench. So that means like if your helmet accidentally comes off, which it does happen, but it's not too far from you and you're not going to put yourself in danger. You got to just go, go grab it real quick, put it back on. If you can't, you ha and you're close to the bench, you can make it over there without, you know, getting in the way of the play. You just have to head to the bench and change. If you do not do one of those two things, your team is gonna get a penalty, a two-minute minor. So, that to me is interesting because nobody ever tries to retrieve their helmet or head to the bench unless they just blow it once a goalie. They blow the whistle on the goalies because that's a real big hazard, but. I've never seen a guy's helmet come off and then try to retrieve it or take a change. Right. I mean, this just makes sense, though. Like, as no, far as player safety goes, I got nothing... It, I don't have anything against it. I think it's a good thing. I'm just saying it is a little bit crazy because guys are going to have to think twice now. Yeah, I said about just, like... I mean, I think a couple times. We uh, commonly use Chicago, at, like, for examples here, because that's our local team, but... There was a few times where Taves would have lost his helmet and he'd still be in front of the net screening, you know? Now, here is the, the, the kind of catch to that, though. If you dislodge someone's helmet, you get a roughing penalty. So they're going to blow it anyway. So this kind of shows, like, basically, they're going to make it so if someone's uh, helmet comes off, they're either getting to the bench, they're getting their helmet back on, or they're blowing the whistle and someone's getting a penalty. So this is really going to become a, a kind of game of cat and dog where one way or the other, the play is stopping or that guy's getting off the ice. I think that that's totally cool. Don't get me wrong. It's kind of badass when, like, some guy's helmet gets knocked off, but they still go down on a rush and, try, you know, whatever. Like, I get it. Like, if you're hustling through the play, you want to score or you want to defend. But it's just not worth taking a puck to the face it's kind of the same thing when they were starting to do the whole uh guys coming into the league now have to wear face masks and the only guys who don't have to wear face masks are guys who have basically been grandfathered in so like you'll see brent seabrook skating around without one but i i think that's a good thing because i shouldn't say face mask it's really the visor but like guys are getting hit okay the mouth and the teeth is one thing but guys are getting hurt in the eyes 
So, leaving your head exposed it, on the ice is just not okay. Yeah, no pun intended, but this is just like a no-brainer. Yeah. Just... Yeah. I, but I think it's interesting that they're saying, look, we're going to give you a penalty if you don't get your helmet or get off the ice, but if you dislodge someone's helmet or getting a penalty, like you said, it's kind of a game of, you know, cat and dog. Or cat and mouse, I should say. Cat and dog is yeah, cartoon. It adds a layer of you have to think about what you're doing. Because they could have just made it, if someone's helmet comes off, they blow the play dead. And if they would have done that, I wouldn't have thought twice about it either. Right. Should, it is what it is. So um, if it's a game of cat and dog, would that make the referee Winslow? I think so. Okay, sorry that I totally confuse those phrases. You can, I'm, I'm showing my age right now. But yeah, I, I think that's cool. Um, it's really sad to see guys develop really bad issues because of in-game concussions, like later down the line, especially when they, they don't expect it. Um, and I, I sound kind of like an asshole sometimes because like a lot of people love like guys who fight or guys who they think fight because they're maybe tough idiots who take runs at people. But to me, it's like, I'm not trying to be like, there's no need in the game for that. There are times where it's like, it happens very naturally and you kind of just are like, well, it is what it is. But it's just not the reason why I watch this game and I don't think it's worth somebody's potential life. For what it's worth, though, it is the lowest it's ever been. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. So if someone tells you that they watch hockey for the fights, they're clearly talking out of their ass. Well, right, but what I'm saying is like, with that being said, it's important to recognize all aspects of safety. Yeah. And this goes along with it. So the the reason I bring up the fighting is just because a lot of times people praise that. And you're like, look, yeah, but like, you don't, you know, there are guys in all kinds of sports who have had concussion issues and it doesn't end well. Yeah, and I think where they're at with it now, they've kept it controlled to where it's not entirely out of the game. And you still see a few and a lot of them now are a lot more organic, which I'm fine with. Mm-hmm. You don't have, like, your fourth-line plug staging fights off of face-offs just for the sake of, hey, you want to go. Well, and the thing, too, is, like, if you want to watch people fight and be aggressive, you can watch professionals like MMA guys who or, or girls, MMA fighters, I should say, sorry, because there's some really badass women who could probably beat the shit out of most men. Um, you can watch MMA fighters who are professional a lot, still very dangerous, they're professionally trained, and they're also very skilled, so it's not really barbaric, it's more of a talent and an art. Or if you really want to watch some badass violent shit, just get a WWE Network and watch old ECW. Absolutely. Because I'd rather, like, sorry, but like, instead of watching a a shitty two-minute fight where somebody might get hurt but nothing cool happens, I'd rather watch Spike Dudley, like, go through a flaming table and then like be okay he was referring to an nhl two-minute fight not trashing mma You're right right yeah no i'm not trashing just to, MMA. Just yeah clarify. i'm talking about like when two guys get into it i mean look and like i'm kind of going off off on a rant here but like we've all seen two guys who somebody's a little red-assed and then they've been matched up against each other's lines all night and then they kind of get into it and then they start fighting neither of them are fighters they grapple a little bit it gets broken up they both go down to the ice and it's not exciting it's just kind of like a distraction you know it's not giving you momentum it rarely happens anymore and it's probably for the best you know the first nhl game i ever went to was well steve we were together it was in 2006 2005 2006 season the hawks played the canucks and they were both dog shit and there was like a there was a ton of fights it was 
Uh, March 3rd, 2006, uh, Canucks at Blackhawks. So you can look up the stat sheet because there's major minor penalty after minor, minor penalty. I mean, Keith and Burroughs fought, and there, there's fights after fights and guys just being red-assed. But both teams were so bad, it was just like a Bush League-like shit fest. And at the time, you're like, this is awesome. But then you watch both of those teams get really good and play good hockey and you're just like I don't I don't that's not what I want to see I want to watch the teams play good I don't want to watch like Burroughs you know this happened later not in that game but Burroughs pulled Duncan Keith's hair for example so anyways I mean those line brawls when they were both getting good were pretty crazy but it's just not again I'm going off on a rant but it's something I feel strongly about is the fighting is not worth the the result and it's come a long way since I was 10 years old. So, right on. Okay, so last new rule that they added um, is called the auto goal rule. This is not something that's ever happened in an NHL game, but it's happened in other leagues. And I honestly don't know why they're they're throwing this on there. Maybe they're just saying, hey, this should be a thing. But if um, a team is on a breakaway and the goalie dislodges the net on purpose while they're coming towards them on a rush, instead of, you know, making it like a penalty shot or having them take a face-off or anything like that, they're just awarding the team on the, fa- on, the uh, on the rush a goal. So if you're on a breakaway and you're going towards the goalie and he just dislodges the net on purpose, you get the goal. Stupid thing to do. I mean, you might as well take your chance and at least try to stop the guy. And maybe that's what they want. But from what I've read, no NHL goalie has actually ever done that. I could be wrong, but that's what it's saying in this uh, uh, NHL uh, Hockey News yearbook I'm reading. So, whatever. Um, To me, it's not really a big deal because it's not something that's happened in the NHL. But it is kind of an interesting concept. Yeah, I agree. I have no problem with the rule. Like awarding a goal. It's kind of like... Um, it's when you trip someone with an empty net. Well, it's like... It's weird. It's like awarding someone a goal and the puck doesn't actually hit the back of the net. It doesn't really happen. The example I just... No, no, right. I'm saying but besides that. Like, that, that happens. But it doesn't happen often. But there's not a lot of ways it can happen. Like, in basketball, you can have, like, um, like goaltending or something like that or like in baseball there's like things like ground rule doubles or the ball goes out of play and they move guys up bases and they war fan interference and can affect it um things like that but like in hockey it's it's usually a stoppage of play when something happens and they have to you know take a draw and then work for that goal or a penalty shot or whatever so i think that it's an interesting concept but it's just not something that you really see so i don't think it's a really big game changer the same thing with the helmets where i think it's more of like again i ranted about safety and about fighting, I think that the helmet rule is more of a safety procedure. I don't think... You'll, you'll see some penalties given out because of it one way or the other, but I don't think it's going to be a huge game changer. It's more or less like, hey, don't be a dildo and like wear your helmet. Sorry. But like, some of these guys are, you know, who act like they're too tough and whatever, they're real idiots. Because down the line, they can mess up their life and their family's lives and people around them, and they have a really cool opportunity. So it's like, I don't want to see anybody get you know, hurt or die over that. So that rule, it's not a huge game changer uh, in, the, in the actual game. It's more of a life thing. And, and also, the, NH- the just, like, let's be realistic. The NHL doesn't want to get sued. 
Yeah, I mean, like, that's the bottom line, too. It's they're, like, yeah, they ca- they're they ca- already in trouble with that right now with a lot of players. That's what I'm saying. It's like, they care about player safety, but uh, uh, it's clear that they also want to cover their own asses. So, and then, um, you know, the rest of them, though, are, are pretty cool. The video and, and ref reviews and the, and the face-off stuff, the line changes out of bounds. They, I think they'll make the game more offensive um, this year. I don't think that it's going to be, like, a huge thing where some team is going to jump up into a playoff spot because of the rule changes. But I do think it can affect a few games here and there from resulting in losses or OTLs or anything like that. Yeah, it'll give the power play coaches another thing to think about when they're drawing up plays with the face-off rule. Um, so we went through these rules, and again, this is kind of us reading a list and just giving our own thoughts. It's not a very long list, so I was going to ask you, Steve, are there any rules that you think should be changed or added off the top of your head? I didn't really give you time to think about this. Yeah, there's nothing really on the top of my head, but I feel like if I really uh, had had a little time to, to think, I, honestly, they kind of changed my one qualm. I didn't agree with losing your timeout for losing the challenge. Mm-hmm. I would have preferred it just to give them a penalty if they lose the challenge, and that's what they did. Sure. Uh, that's that's fair for me personally there's not a whole lot um one thing i think is that there should be a more consistent video review ref in the booth because i think for example a penalty like delay of game it definitely should exist for if you you know if you put the puck over the glass in your own end on purpose yeah you should get a penalty but i think most delay of game penalties are accidents or like deflections so to speak Mm-hmm. I know it's a hard thing to judge, but it's kind of a dumb penalty. You know, maybe move the face off back into your own end or whatever, but, like, it's it's just kind of not... I don't always think it's worth a power play. Yeah, like puck over the glass in your yeah. own zone. Yeah, that, a lot of times those are weird instances where it just kind of happens. Now, the way baseball's safety is moving, I could see hockey putting nets around the entire rink soon. Um, sitting behind the net doesn't really affect your view like you would think it was. Like, you can see it's there when you're not really watching the game, and once the game starts, you can see fine and you don't think about it. My favorite place to sit at a game is usually upper level behind the goalie, like, directly behind them. So, like, anyone who's familiar with the United Center, I love 325. Um, and or even the corners, just because you get to see the play develop and come at you, and, like, it's just a different view from TV. With that being said, you're behind that net the whole time. You don't really think about it. So it's like I could see that becoming a uh, thing for safety, but for fan safety. But if they do that, the lay of game is going to change because it's like, yeah, you can still put it out of play, but it's just going to be hitting a net. It's not going to be going out of play. True. Because the lay of game doesn't happen, you know, granted guys don't shoot it that way in their own end but it doesn't happen when it hits the net it only happens when it goes out of play and it can't go out of play completely if there's netting around the entire you know Hmm. i guess i'm getting ahead of myself but i was just thinking about that right the uh only other thing i would change and this this doesn't have to do more with the rules of the game but the structuring of i guess the standings Mm mm-hmm We've talked about it before but this is and this could be its own episode but uh bring back the tie it's not going to happen, but I'd, yeah. be fine. I'd be perfectly okay if they brought back the tie. I would, too. I think the thing is, a lot of fans are attracted to the shootout. To me, personally, I think when a game goes to a shootout, it usually just, to me, it's like, well, it's a tie, because it's like nobody could win in overtime, so it's like, 
that's a cheap way to get the extra point. Although, I wouldn't mind the league going to a three-point system. Yeah. So, for me personally, I think if you went to a three-point system, I think it would make overtime much more aggressive. Now, I know they do their three-on-three overtime, which is sloppy, but arguably can be kind of fun. Um, But I think three-point system could really... I don't want to say tighten things up, but it could make things a little bit more aggressive because then you're really on a slope when you get to an overtime. You know, it's like you really got to fight for those points. Um, However, I will say this. I think that the NHL is doing a good job as far as, like, making the rule book a little bit better with modern things like review, obviously the injuries, and making it more offensive. I do think, though, like, they need to start looking at guys who are helping them with these things like the offense and market them better. Yeah, we were talking about that a lot before we recorded. Um, something else, I was talking about you this with you a while ago, but we were talking about hybrid icing, like when that came in, and now you kind of don't think about it because it's been in the league for a few years, but that was something you get used to, and then it kind of you know, get used to it after a few years, and you're like, okay, fine, whatever, and you don't think about it. But a lot of times they don't explain stuff to fans, and like, I know this sounds cheesy, but, like, newer fans, a lot of times there's common things like, do you even know what icing is? But, like, a lot of fans don't because they don't look it up and nobody explains it. And then hybrid icing becomes, makes it even more confusing, I guess. So I think, like, they're, the rules, while they make sense, I think people need to take the initiative to learn the game a little bit. And then, they, you know, there could be things where they help explain it a little bit more, I guess. Yeah, the hybrid icing, though, is mainly to just, well, avoiding injury. Yeah, all those foot races were... But there were guys, some guys that beat it. Now nobody beats it because of the stupid hybrid icing. <laughs> Sorry, I get pissed off about that. Patrick Sharp used to beat it sometimes. <laughs> even Victor Stahlberg. And I, was, I didn't even like Victor Stahlberg. He's just fast. I don't know. To me, it makes sense now. It's just kind of like, yeah, just, just blow it dead. And... You know who ki- what, what uh, player got killed by hybrid icing? Luis Mendoza. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't stop. I mean, hey, man, you know, he can't, he'd probably be taking penalties left and right. So, sorry for the little rant there, but, you know, that's my Mighty Ducks reference for the day. Um, I don't know, you got anything else to add? Not really. The Kings jerseys are nice. Very excited for that. Cool. Yeah, I'm down with that, too. Um, so, right, today's September 2nd. So, happy Labor Day to all celebrating. Um, and the season, preseason is coming up here in a few weeks. So, as we inch closer to the season, we'll have some more on-topic things to talk about as far as the actual gameplay. But until then, um, I hope you enjoyed these seven new rules for drafting my teenage daughter or son or large adult son or whatever they are. And uh, enjoy the rest of your holiday, everybody. Cheers. Bye.